Thanks for tuning into the Owl's Nest, the final Overwatch League tournament before the postseason is upon us, the Countdown Cup. Jake and I are going to break down some of the biggest surprises so far. That's coming up today on the Owl's Nest. Welcome back to our regular viewers, and hello to any new ones. If this is your first time visiting the Owl's Nest, make sure you hit the subscribe button and like the video. Turn on that little bell for notifications and leave us some comments about how you like the show, if they're good. Or, you know, even if they're a little uh, critical of us, we'll read them here on the show. So, uh, the Countdown Cup has came and gone. And, of course, uh, one thing is still certain, Genji still seems to be king. But I want to talk about a few of the uh, the biggest surprises we saw here during week one. And where I'd like to start is with that reverse sweep that happened between the Chengdu Hunters and the New York Excelsior. And uh, I think Wolf had probably put it the best uh, uh, during the, the first or second match where he said that Chengdu was being too Chengdu, even for the Hunters. Jake, what was it that you... I mean, I mean how, make sense of this for us. How did this happen? How did the Hunters pull back reverse sweep on the New York Excelsior? I mean, you got to give huge credit to Among on on the Wrecking Ball. He, his performance, I mean, we know he's insanely good at this hero. It's like what he's really well known for, given the Hunter style. But I feel like after a match like this, you have to look at him as not only a big part of the Hunter style, but perhaps one of the main reasons that it is what it is. Because he's just so incredibly sharp on this Wrecking Ball. You know, I think it's not about the stats or like his raw damage. He's just really intelligent at using the hero for its best purpose. And that's incredibly difficult to do on a hero like Wrecking Ball. It's so versatile that there's too many options for most players. Like, you just get lost in it, and trying to figure out what to do is so difficult because you can do anything, it seems. And Among, you know, he, Among, rather, he just got this very um, very versatile style where he knows whether he needs to fight on the flank, he knows whether he needs to, uh, you know, hold a certain choke point or whatever. And I think the way the team plays around him is, is pretty awesome. I think. Hawksall in particular was not ready for some of those minefields, kind of destroyed him <laughs> a few times on the Genji. So uh, I think this has to be like just a classic Chengdu, right? They're just somehow pulling it out with these crazy comps. You know, no one's ever played against. Nixel's like trying to figure out how to beat it. And then the reverse sweep, you know, another Chengdu classic, honestly. So do you think that, that Amang's uh, uh, Wrecking Ball was sort of like the linchpin? Because I feel like the moment where it really started to turn around was on Rialto when... I, like, I looked away for a moment, then when I looked back, suddenly it looked like Nixel was like, you know what, maybe we have to play the Wrecking Ball into the Wrecking Ball. Like, he got them to also switch to the Hammond, but I don't think that, it, uh, that that was really the right choice for them. You know, it's super interesting because I had had similar experiences playing against the Chengdu Hunters, um, you know, in, in my professional career, where we actually felt like our best play against them was in mirror matching dive. Interesting. Um, rather than playing... They were so good. At that time, though, it was a question of playing goats or mirror matching. Mm -hmm. So, at that time... Um, we were, we were, uh, like, they were so good at the matchup against Goats because they understood it so well that I think playing the mirror match into them was, like, they weren't ready for that in the same way. Like, they were so used to playing against a Goats comp, they, they just weren't ready for the mirror match and they didn't have the same prep for it. But this is a new and improved Chengdu, right? They didn't stop improving, um, you know, f from last season. So I think that strategy of just mirror matching them, it was better when the meta was so calcified as everyone playing goats and they weren't ready for the mirror, but I think they've seen it now. They know what to do. So of course they have the fundamental strength on those heroes. So once they now have more practice in the mirror, more experience in it, uh, I don't think that's going to be quite so good of an answer to them uh, just because, you know, it's no longer a surprise for them. They're no longer um, expecting a comp like goats, right? With 2-2-2, two, 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 they've, they've sort of seen it all. So I think this is a team where 
I think you're best off sticking to your strengths, like play Arissa and just like try to, you know, get maximum value, play those trade games. You know, you're probably going to lose some fights to the big ultimate combos, the nano blades with, you know, a wrecking ball and everything like sure. But I think if you just play the long game against this team and grind them out, uh, that is the way to win. You know, wait for that one spot on the map. Even if they're rolling you, there might be that one final choke point that you can just hold no matter what. And I think that's your win condition really. Um, playing against Chengdu Hunters. But it's it's very hard. It's easy to say that, but mentally it's <laughs> got to be very draining playing against this team because they are still so different from any other team. And I think that plays to their advantage because people just aren't ready for their play style. They haven't had the experience against it. So it always throws a wrench in the works of whatever your game plan is. Well, speaking of not being ready, uh, the San Francisco Shock, of course, uh, playing against the Boston Uprising now with Orissa out of the, uh, or, you know, in the hero pool bands, you know, if uh, Double Shield was to continue, Reinhardt would be coming in. I think uh, some people expected to see Super, and see Super we did, but not on the Reinhardt. He came out playing the Genji. Uh, Jake, explain this to me. Uh, Super on the Genji. In what world were you expecting to see that? I mean, this was a big surprise to me. Like, I just didn't, I assumed they would have Rascal play this hero, um, but... Um... I think Super played pretty impressively well, in my opinion. Like, I think part of it in this match in particular was that I didn't... I really hated Boston's strategy. I think they played, like, this Reaper comp, but they had a Genji in it. And, like, I get Genji is a good hero, but it just makes no sense to me. Like, you should just play a comp where Genji actually works well with the team, like a dive comp. Or you should just play the whole Reaper comp with, like, um, you know, Reaper and Torb or Reaper and McCree or something like that and just try and survive the dive. But they just were in this, in my opinion, unhappy middle ground where their comp just didn't have anything that it was really great at. So Shock's dive just kind of did whatever it wanted and, and you know just controlled the entire map, and it just never felt close. So I don't think this was like a true test, as it were, of Super's Genji skill. Sure. Like, this was kind of an easy game. It was, uh, it was the Boston Genji. Uprising, unfortunately. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, so, but at the same time, I got to give respect where respect is due, and I think Super had a nice Genji. I think he played quite well, um, you know, especially with the blades. Like, he had strong fundamentals on his blades, you know, not overextending and, and you know getting big value with this, with this team's dive. So I was impressed. You know, super. I remember back in the day on LG Evil and, and Bird Noises, we would um, we had some strats where we played like five DPS and a Mercy. You know, on, I think it was like Hanamura attack to just trade kills and capture point A. And uh, I think Super played Genji in that. So I mean, he's got he and he's always played DPS on the side. Came from TF2 as a as a you know obviously everyone's a damage dealer in that mm-hmm. game except, except Medic. So. I think he was a soldier player back then too so he, you know he has the fundamental projectile skill set um, that can make him good at dps the one thing he lacks i think is just that same level of practice as an overwatch league player right like an, a, a dps main but um i think super has always been a main tank who has flexed that dps potential so this is sort of I, i'm surprised to see him realize that in the overwatch league on sf shock um what i'm really curious about is see if that is going to continue to be the case i think with the tayo pickup yes uh, probably yep. signals that we might not be able to see that anymore <laughs> I would expect that either Tayo or Rascal is going to be on the Genji going forward. But it's it's cool for Super to have his day in the sun and, and really do a great job. You, you, you can't discredit the man. He had a nice Genji. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, so finally, the last thing that I want to talk about here is uh, Toronto now has won three of their last four matches, uh, including, you know, up against the Valiant and the Rain, who aren't any pushovers. So uh, what do you think this means for Toronto? Do you think that they finally started to turn a corner here and, uh, you know, might start playing to the level that I think was, that, that people expect of the roster that they have? Well, I think um, these Genji buffs have been amazing for Agilities. You know, I think he's one of, if not the best Genji out there. 
Um, I don't like to say the best, but I do think he really is at that top level on Genji. He's so sharp on the hero. Um, really, really precise with it. Like, he's got a great projectile base, and I think there's other heroes that are he's also particularly insane at. Like, I would say Mei is, like, the first thing I think of, actually, and Agility's being, like, a freak of nature at that hero with just the icicles. He's so good at that. Um, but I do think Genji is, like, definitely the, the, the tier one for Agilities, and it always has been. It's been a hero that, you know, you don't want to play against him on. So the fact that he's in the meta and that the team can build around him and optimize for him, uh, this is like the reason, you know, this is the meta he's been waiting for, right? Is finally he can really flex his potential on Genji. Uh, and it's been a long time coming, right? Genji's not really been playable for the longest time. So honestly, I'm just happy for this team. You know, they had big expectations going into the season. And I think you also have to shout out, um, shout out a player like Logix who's come into his own, you know. Uh, you know, leaving the Overwatch League at one time, not having success on the original Florida Mayhem, and then now coming back in and looking like one of the strongest hitscan out there. So uh, his Ash looks top tier. Uh, I just, I love watching this team now. I think I think they really do have potential to turn, th like this is one of those teams where you could have seen the season crash and burn, but now I'm expecting big things from them. Like I think they'll at least be competitive in playoffs. Now, uh, if it is just a meta thing, you know, the agility is being able to play on the Genji that's finally giving them the edge, what else would you like to see them improve in to increase their chances beyond just relying on agilities and his Genji play? I think um, beyond agilities, what um, the team needs long-term to succeed, I think, uh, is developing, especially I think their, their aggressive dive comps. I think they look really, really good on... Um, like the Orisa in particular, I think that that comp is actually really great for them. Like the Orisa Sigma, I think Nevix does a great job in the Sigma. And then you put Kariv on a hero like Batiste. I think um, I want to see this team, what they do in like a full, full dive meta. You know, like when they're, when, especially can you bring Kariv to more of a carry role like the Zen, um, you know, and, and focus on just keeping him alive. I think Cruz has done a good job with that, especially on the Brig. Cruz looks, you know, really comfortable. He's, he's got a great balance of, you know, supporting the right players at the right time. But um, I do think the team has looked a little bit more vulnerable playing like Winston Diva comps or, you know, those very, very fast moving dive comps. They look stronger playing something a little bit slower that builds around logics getting long, long term value. Um, but I mean, and that's I think that's likely to be where the meta is going to come playoffs. But, you know, that's the worry, right, for teams where seem a little bit more dependent on the meta, whereas a team like, you know, the Shock or the Eternal, where it doesn't seem to matter so much. So um, I'm really curious to see how they shape up and, you know, coming into things like this hero pool and, you know, upcoming patches potentially before playoffs, you know, how do they react to those things? You know, who, Genji might get some nerfs, right? So you also could be in a world where you need to build on, you know, even if Agilities can't play Genji or maybe he can't play at all because it's double hitscan meta um, for Logics and Surefor. So um, not can't play at all, but you get what I mean. Yeah. Like if he's mm -hmm. not the right choice in a certain meta. So um, I think for this team, they've got a strong base now. They've got like a look that is good and it's time to let's get another look that's good and another and another because that is what it'll take, frankly, to be in the top echelon come playoffs. Uh, you know, the top teams in the world, right? They all have more than one look. You can't just beat them on one strat mm -hmm. and think that's going to take the series. Yeah, well, you know, I never got my Surefor Gladiators jersey and I need a reason to pick up that defiant one. Uh, so I hope that they do a little bit better here uh, as we go into the end of the season and the postseason. That's going to be it for today, guys. Thanks for watching the Owl's Nest. Now, before you go, make sure you click that bell to subscribe to our channel. Get all the notifications on the latest videos, like the video we did yesterday with Sam, a streamer for the Florida Mayhem. And make sure that you catch the only show that's all about collegiate esports, Checkpoint XP on campus. The players, the schools, and the competitions watch right here on YouTube, or you can download and subscribe to the podcast 
wherever you find your podcasts. Make sure you're following Jake at JakeOW on Twitter and Jake underscore OW on Twitch and YouTube. And until next time, guys, stay on that payload.